wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. Happy Survivor Series week, folks, and welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for November 16th, 2017. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. And November 16th marks the birthday of a very special member of the Wrestle Rant Radio family, someone who has been an integral part of the show's success over the last number of years. All of the episodes, which you can download, by the way, on iTunes by simply searching up Wrestle Rant Radio on Apple Podcasts. All archived episodes and new shows are available on the app with new shows going up every single Thursday. It's Mr. Marceau, RJ, joining me on Wrestle Rant Radio for the first time in nearly three months since our SummerSlam prediction panel. RJ, what's going on, brother? TSM, what's going on? Nothing much, sir. Like I said, as we had just finished recording this, we had a hashtag Ask You Some yesterday. People checked that out. Um, but it's great to have you right back here on Wrestle Rant Radio. We're belong coming out of time, coming out of retirement more times than Ric Flair. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, I had watched the Ric Flair doc. You told me the Goldberg one was good. I have yet to watch it as of this recording. I will probably watch the next couple of days if I haven't had the time. The Ric Flair one was amazing. We were talking about that over text uh, a few days ago. I wanted to get your thoughts on the air about the Ric Flair doc before we get started with Survivor Series and TakeOver Thoughts. I thought the Ric Flair documentary was really good. Um, it was, I think it was like an hour and a half, hour 15, nothing too long. Uh, I thought it really outlined his career well. Then the whole Reed Flair thing was kind of sad, and like how Charlotte kind of became who she is now because of the whole situation. But I thought it was really good and kind of just shows how big of a spiral the guy's life kind of is. Kind of gone off the rails, bankrupt. I died when they showed the TNA thing. <laughs> Didn't save money. Like, thank God he's good. I couldn't stop laughing for that. But um, yeah, they just kind of outlined how he's a big drinker, which we already knew. Um, but besides that, I thought the doc was good. It was great. I, I really, really enjoyed it. ESPN does a great job with the uh, E60, the 30 for 30 specials that they do, this one being no exception. Uh, they really cover just about everything. I mean, it was a 90-minute special. It wasn't just an hour. But even then, how can you cover everything in one guy's career in the matter of 90 minutes, especially with someone at the level of Ric Flair? And they glossed over a lot of stuff from his time in WWE, but a lot of that was just pointless anyway. Um, they did talk about evolution. They talked about a lot of cool stuff. His feud with Dusty Rhodes, um, the matches with Shawn Michaels, the end of his career and retiring, and then literally two seconds after he walks off the WrestleMania 24 stage, you see uh, shots of him in TNA. <laughs> and then, like you said, you hear Jim Ross go, he needed the money, which is absolutely true. It reminded me of the uh, the rise and fall of WCW doc that we love so much with uh, Jeff Jarrett and... I think it was Eddie Graham saying, you know, he thinks he's the next Hulk Hogan. It just reminded me of that for some reason. But, yeah, I thought it was a really, really hey, good documentary. Could not stop laughing. The best part of the documentary, other than the Reed Flair stuff, which honestly almost got, brought me to tears. I thought that was really, really touching. I mean, we've heard the story a million times from Rick himself and from Charlotte. But just the way they played it out and... Um, it was, it was, it was heartbreaking, but, uh, it almost brought me to tears, but I thought the best part of the documentary that I immediately thought of you and it had me literally almost in tears of crying of laughter was when, was when the director had asked Ric Flair, how many women do you think you've slept with? He goes, <laughs> he goes, honestly, 10,000. And I just started dying. I mean, you can't honestly believe that, but it's such a fucking Ric Flair thing to say. I thought it was just priceless. Amazing. No chance it's physically possible, but it's such a Ric Flair thing to say. <laughs> the same guy from a year ago that said he had slept with Halle Berry and all these other people. And then she went on the record and was like, uh, I don't even know that guy. Like, it was so funny. Oh, man, the guy's a fucking gem. But, yeah, people haven't already checked it out. They can watch it. I think that's a, it's on ESPN's website, the full thing. So people can watch it there. It's a great documentary. Uh, it was really cool to see him back on SmackDown this past week. Charlotte Flair, the new SmackDown Women's Champion. So in the matter of a week, 
We already have a new women's uh, women's champion versus women's champion match at Survivor Series. No longer is Natalia versus Alexa Bliss. We got Alexa Bliss versus the new SmackDown women's champion Charlotte. So we'll talk more about you know the Survivor Series shakeup and the card itself and our preview picks and predictions for that pay per view coming up. Uh, we won't really talk about Raw and SmackDown because we'll kind of intertwine all that stuff into our Survivor Series predictions. Instead, we'll kick it off with our NXT TakeOver War Games predictions. Yes, it's not all about Survivor Series, people. We got TakeOver this coming Saturday. And not only that, we had TakeOver Toronto, I want to say, before Survivor Series last year. And it blew Survivor Series out of the water. It was an amazing show. Every TakeOver, we've had 20 of them, close to 20. And every single one has been good, great, or amazing. Uh, RJ said on hashtag AskGSM yesterday... TakeOver Brooklyn 3 might have been one of, if not the best one they've ever done. So the the stakes are high. The bar has been raised pretty high for this TakeOver coming up. But on paper, it's a, it's a damn good card. We do have a dark match. Now, I don't know if this is going to be airing on NXT TV the following week or if it's just for the live crowd. From what I understand, it's not airing at all, whether it be a TakeOver or the following Wednesday on NXT, which is a shame, but... I want to get your two cents in this, RJ. Uh, did you hear about Pete Dunne defending the United, uh, the uh, what is it, the WWE United Kingdom Championship against Johnny Gargano in a dark match? And if so, what are your thoughts on it not being a part of the card on Saturday? At first, when he said it, I thought it was on the card. So I was like, oh, that's going to be a sick match. And then, unfortunately, it's not going to be. But um, at least to me, like you said, it's, good, it's a good treat for the people that are going to be there in the crowd. So a lot of people complaining about it, like, Come on, dude. We get in the match again with, like, the you complain about. It's going to be a sweet <laughs> match. Um, but, yeah, hopefully they show it on. Maybe, I hope they show it the next week, like they kind of do for NXT tapings. But, um, I don't know, but hopefully that's what they do, because that's what they usually do for their tapings. But I, ho- I hope we get some footage of that match, because I bet you it'll be amazing. It should be amazing. John Wrestling never disappoints, and Pete Dunne's had a lot of great matches as champions. So I'm looking forward to that. If we do get to see, and if not, if it's only for the live crowd, the fact that it's happening at all is cool, so I have no complaints. Uh, we'll start from the bottom and work our way up here. Just announced on last week's episode of NXT TV, Cassius Ono versus Lars Sullivan. Now, Ono's coming off a couple victories over Fabian Eichner, Hideo Itami. He's got some momentum right now, as does Lars Sullivan, who debuted over the springtime, and he's been running rampant through everyone in the last number of months. Uh, so it's it should be an interesting matchup. No real build here. Like I said, it was announced essentially out of nowhere on last week's show. But um, I know RJ had said on hashtag, but that, that it's probably the least anticipated match of everything on this card and Survivor Series. But I think it could be a good match. Lars Sullivan, I've been... This is a typical thing for me to say, and RJ knows that, but I've been really digging the Lars Sullivan push over the last couple of months. And the guys really impressed me in the matches with... Uh, Oni Larkin and Danny Birch, and I think the guy's got something there. He's got that it factor. He looks like a fucking freak. So I'm looking forward to this match. Ono is, you know, a great competitor as well. Should be a really enjoyable outing, but of course, I got Lars Sullivan going over. How do you not have him win in his first takeover uh, matchup? So, RG, who do you got going over? Cassius Ono or Lars Sullivan? Uh, easily got to go with Sullivan here. Um, I doubt they're going to cool his Jets down already. Um, he's been destroying everyone. I don't know why they'd have Cassius Ono beat him. Um, I I wouldn't say he's grown on me, but I've been more open to the whole water solving character. Um, like you said, he is like a beast, and um, I, don't know, I have been warming up to him. So I, I do think Solving him go over, and then I think I don't want him to be pushed immediately to the title, but I'm not sure exactly where to go with him after this. Yeah, they have a surplus of baby faces on the on their show. The cool thing is that about NXT that not everyone is on every single takeover. Like Hideo Tommy has not been seen in months. And I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if they're going to promote him to 205 Live. But Johnny Gargano, who we just mentioned, is not on this show. He's in the dark match, but he's not on the show. Um, there, there's a few people that aren't on the show that you would think normally would be, but they're also giving the opportunity for people like Velveteen Dream to shine. And Lars Sullivan and Cassius Ono, who's not been on a takeover since the one that we went to in Orlando. So it's cool they're kind of switching up the card a bit with, uh, you know, fresh faces. But I think it could be a really good match. Lars Sullivan, where he goes from here remains to be seen. But having him work with polished guys like Ono and Birch and Lorcan is only going to help his cause. Um, so it should be a good first takeover win for Sullivan. After that, another non-championship match with nothing at stake here. It's Alistair Black versus the Velveteen Dream, which some people have gone so far as to say that it's been the best thing going in NXT, which is... 
I mean, easily disputable. I mean, you got the war game stuff going on with the Undisputed Era and McIntyre and Almas and the women's stuff. Um, but I, I, it's hard to disagree with that because the feud has been really, really good. I'm, I know, RJ, you've gone back and forth. The Dream, you're not a big fan of his, but I've really been digging this build. I think the build's been great. The Say My Name shit. Alistair Black is obviously awesome. He's been killing it since showing up at TakeOver Orlando where we were there. Um, but the match should also be really, really good. Dream, regardless of what you think of his character, in the ring, the guy can go. And Black and Hideo Itami was a great match at Brooklyn and probably one of the more underrated matches all SummerSlam weekend. So the match itself should be good. Between who goes over, again, no doubt in my mind that Black's got to pick up the victory here. Black has got to go over so he can continue to build momentum, hopefully ahead of challenging for the championship, maybe at next year's WrestleMania weekend show. Um, but who do you got going over, RJ? Alistair Black, Velveteen Dream, and what have been your thoughts on this feud? Um, I've warmed up to the feud. Like I said, at first I fucking care less about the Velveteen Dream, but um, I've definitely warmed up to it. I think they're, it, I think booked-wise it's been the best one just because of the back and forth and the whole, like I said, say my name stuff. And I just think the whole mind games they've done by it, it's pretty much besides the war games, the only one they've really put a lot of investment into at least building the program, but I thought, I think it's been built up really, really good, and then I, I have no doubt Black's going to win, but I think it should be a really, really good match. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The, the, the cool thing about this feud is that, unlike with the Tommy, with other people that Black has feuded with in the past, he's never he has yet to hit the Black Mask kick on Dream. They've teased it a few times, but he's never actually hit it, so um, it, it should lead to a big pop when he eventually does in this match to pick up the victory. The women's match, the NXT Women's Championship Fatal 4-Way to crown a new champion, our first new NXT Women's Champion since Bayley um, a year and a half ago because Asuka was champion for so long. So we're finally getting a new champion. It's going to be crowned in this match. we got Ember Moon, Kyrie Zane, Peyton Royce, and Nikki Cross. So what I like about this match, in my opinion, maybe you feel differently, RJ, is that honestly any one of these women could go over. Um, I could see Peyton Royce getting the belt and going on a heel run for a while. Ember Moon, they're in Texas. She's my pick to win, but I think she could very well go over. Kyrie Zane just showed up. She could very well win and kick off her stint in NXT as champion, a lot like Asuka did. And Nikki Cross is also very deserving, and she's a great wrestler too. So it could go any way with any one of these four women. And the match itself should be good. I mean, the women's matches in NXT are always really, really good. We've had a number of multi-women matches um, in the last 12 months in NXT, but aside from that, the build's been good. And uh, could go either way. So, who at the end of the day, RJ, do you see walking out as the new NXT Women's Champion? The tough one, like you said, everyone pretty much has a shot in this match. Um, for some reason, I'm, I'm leaning towards Kyrie Zane. I don't know why. I just, I just don't. I just don't think they're gonna have a. I guess she technically won't get pinned. I don't think Ember Moon's gonna win. She's had her so many chances, and she's lost every time. I don't think she's gonna win. I'm gonna go Kyrie Zane. I would love to see Kane Rice win, but I, just, I don't think they're gonna give her a title run. But I'll go with Kyrie Zane. Speaking of Peyton Royce, now that they have all the women from the Mae Young Classic in NXT, they've had... Uh, who, who's Johnny Gargano's girlfriend? Candice LeRae. I don't know if she's officially signed yet, but they have her and a few others from the tournament. Um, so they have a surplus of women waiting in the wings to join the NXT women's division. That being said, if Peyton Royce doesn't win here, and she's gotten a million shots of the championship, she and Billy Kay have been a part of NXT for seemingly forever. So say she doesn't win here. Do you think a main roster call-up for the iconic duo would be, you know, beneficial to either Raw or SmackDown? That's a tough one because I think they belong on Raw. SmackDown. just like I don't think there's there's just so many women on, on the main roster right now. I feel like they just wouldn't get a fair shake. They're barely on TV. I, at, at this point, I just, you just, I think you just gotta keep them down in NXT. Unless, like you said, I, I would assume, I think maybe they give her a title run and then bring her up. But if not, I just don't, I don't think there's much for them to do. I don't think, like, I don't want to see them over anyone else that's on the main roster right now. True. I mean, they could. I think they would fit right in on SmackDown because SmackDown needs more women anyway. I think Paige is probably joining SmackDown since if Natalia doesn't get that final spot in the SmackDown, you know, or the Raw versus SmackDown women's match at Survivor Series, it's probably going to go to Paige, and they need more women anyway. Raw just got Asuka, um, and they have a surplus of women over there. They just fired Emma in Summer Rae too, so they have spots on Raw open. 
Um, but I think they would fit well on SmackDown. I mean, when you consider like who they deserve a shot over, like who what I want to see them on TV over, like Becky Lynch should be on TV. Charlotte, Natalia, whatever, Charlotte should be on TV. Um, Carmella is obviously Miss Money in the Bank. Naomi, very, very good. But they, they were, at least they were, I was going to say they are, it doesn't seem like they are anymore. They were trying to push the duo of Lana and Tamina as a sort of tag team manager combo. That went nowhere. That was just atrocious because Tamina sucks, Lana sucks. Uh, it just was not working, so... They're not going to fire Tamina. She's the daughter of a murder. Uh, sorry, not murder. Uh, Jimmy Snuka. So they're not going to let go of her. Um, so I would get rid of those two and put Peyton Royce and Billy Kay in their spot. I don't see it happening, but I think it'd be a good spot for them if they're not going to go anywhere in NXT. They're, they can only lose to the to the Kyrie Zanes of the world and the Oscars of the world so many times. So I, and, and you know what? Where's uh, Ruby Riot in this equation? I completely forgot that she wasn't a part of this match. Uh, no, like I said, she, she's been, I just, I thought she'd probably get, I, I would rather have her in it than Nikki Cross, but, uh, kind of pushing off, like, I guess she kind of has to get off saying anything, but I, I would rather have her in it than, than, uh, Nikki Cross, I'd rather have Ruby Riot in there, I like she's, I like people like her way more than they do, uh, Nikki Cross, Nikki Cross doesn't really do much for me. Maybe it's because I don't really care for that much. But I'd way rather have Ruby Riot in there than her. I mean, I, I told you before, I've told you a few weeks ago that Becky Lynch, she's like the new Becky Lynch of uh, of NXT, in my opinion. I don't know if she's ever going to win the championship with the amount of talent down there, but she is over, and she's also really, really good, and she's slowly grown on me in the last number of months, so it's kind of a shame she's not on the show. But uh, I would rather have her in that spot as well. But you said Kyrie Sane, you see her going over as the new champion? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to say Ember Moon. They're in Texas. That's where she's from. I think third time's the charm for her. Um, let's see here. NXT Championship match. Drew McIntyre defending against Andrade Cien Almas. El Eagolo. I don't think Almas is winning with a shot in hell. Doesn't have a snowball strand in hell going over here. But uh, the match should be really, really good. We got a sneak peek of it at NXT LOL. They had a great match there. So I think the match should be great. Uh, McIntyre, I would assume, is going to keep the championship until he feuds with Adam Cole at some point down the road. Um, so no, you know, question about the outcome, but it should be a good match. So what are your thoughts on this, RJ? I completely agree with you. I, I, I love all my guys. Just like you said, small, snow, small, blah, 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 blah. snowball's chance of winning. He's got zero chance to win this match. I think it should be a good match. I just, like you said, I, I don't see him beating. I don't think he has any chance to beat McIntyre. I think it'll be a good match. It's good for him to finally I hope he maintains momentum coming out of the show because the whole heel character recently has been great. The matches with Gargano and Roderick Strong have been awesome. So I really hope they don't deviate from Almas and have him go back to being a jobber because I think his redemption story as a heel has been really, really good. But then you run into the question, you run into the issue of where you go with him, not only in NXT beyond this point, but just in general. Because I know there were rumors earlier this year after WrestleMania that he might be called up to 205 Live. Almost a blessing that didn't happen because 205 Live is the kiss of death. Austin Aries got the axe. Uh, Neville seemingly left. He might be back soon, but he left because he wasn't happy there. So it's it's not exactly where you would want to go. With Hideo Itami, yes, it would be an excuse to get him on the main roster, but people would look at him as a loser. And I think he would probably just be way better off just going back to Japan if he had to choose between uh, Japan and 205 Live. So do you think Almas would do well on 205 Live? Or do you think there's a better chance he would fare better as like a mid-carder or something on SmackDown? I'd rather have a mid-carder on SmackDown. I, I just don't see anyone succeeding on 205 Live. Or at least getting beyond a certain level. Like I could see him maybe winning the championship. But I don't see him escaping 205 Live. Once you're 205 Live bound, it's hard to go back. Because I don't I don't think anyone has ever left the division yet. I think everyone who has been a cruiserweight up to this point has yet to go back to the heavyweights. Austin Aries left. Neville seemingly quit. And all these others. So And like Cedric Alexander is still down there. And all these other guys that are still fucking down in the... Uh, the Brian Kendricks, the Jack Gallagher's. They haven't left yet, so... I don't know, but uh, yeah, with almost I would just put him on SmackDown. He he might be a Ty Dillinger. He might be showing up every once in a while, but 
at least he wouldn't be branded as a loser because that would just be the kiss of death for the guy. And the guy's way too good for that. But I am looking forward to this match, though. Main event of the show, War Games. First War Games match in, I think, over 20 years or close to 20 years. We got the Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong against Sanity and the Undisputed Era. So I have never seen a full War Games match. Um, so I'm not sure exactly how the rules work. Uh, I had heard someone say that there's shark cages and stuff like that, which is not similar to the original concept, which is whatever. I think if NXT, if there's any brand that could do the match right, it's NXT. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. The build's been really, really good. There's nothing at stake here. It's not like the championships are up, uh, you know, on the line or whatever. Um, if I had to choose, I w- I'm going to say... Maybe Sanity, just because they're the tag team champions, but it would be cool to see Undisputed Era win because they just showed up a few months ago. They just debuted, and you probably want to give them a momentum boost. But I'll say Sanity for right now, and you could really go either way with this matchup as well. So, RJ, your anticipation level for the first-ever War Games match in WWE, and who do you got going over? I think the match going to be sick. I don't know what the you said. I'm not sure exactly how the concept they're going to run it. Uh, I'm assuming they should they'll probably keep it similar to what it was like its original car- incarnation um I think I have to go with, I think I'm just every half the win here um but like you said I, I don't think Sandy will win I think it's going to be Undisputed Era I think they have to win they just got to WWE got to keep Adam Cole on fire they said if he's going to go on to face McIntyre you need to keep them winning um and I, I think they'll I think they're going to win the war games Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> I love Adam Cole. Love the theme song, too. Love that you brought that up. I love their theme song. They got to release that in full at some point because it's fucking good. The NXT theme songs are really, really good. It's up there with Alistair Black's. Um, but last question before we move on to Survivor Series. When do you see the authors of Pain getting called up? So I assume they lose here. They got nothing left to do in NXT. They, they held the belts for the better part of 2017. I think they've come a long way. They're not, like, great. But they've had a lot of good matches, the ones with Sanity, American Alpha, DIY, The Revival. They've had a lot of damn good matches this year, so um, I think they are worthy of a main roster call-up. And if you do see them getting called up, RJ, which brand do you think they should go to? I would say SmackDown, because I feel like they don't have that many good tag teams. But I just feel like they want to be used on SmackDown. I mean, like, SmackDown, so they have Harper and Rowan coming back. Brazongo, the Usos, Gable and Benjamin, New Day. So I feel like they're all set for the most part. They have the hype bros, whatever that's worth. I think either I think both brands have a good amount of talent, so I think it'd be pretty tough to put them on either one. Even for all, they have a ton of tag teams. They're not all great, but yeah, they they do, but some of them just aren't even active. Like the Hardy Boys are out right now. Revival's out for how much longer? I have no idea. Slater and Rhino are fucking losers. And uh, they have Cesaro and Sheamus in the Shield, I guess, and uh, the club. I completely forgot, completely forgot about the club for a second. Goes to show how relevant they are. But um, I mean, I, I guess either brand would work. But uh, I feel like they just have to get called up soon because there's nothing left for them in NXT. And it seems like they're calling people up like after the big four pay per views. Like they called up Samoa Joe after the Rumble. After WrestleMania, they called up Revival, Nakamura, and Dillinger. After SummerSlam, they called up Rude and Asuka. So I feel like it's only a matter of time before they call up uh, Authors of Pain. And another thing I realized, too, Team 6-1, who's been out for, like, the entire year, because one of them got hurt, they are due back any time now. I'm pretty sure they're ready to come back. So once Authors of Pain got called up, I assume Team 6-1, you know, replaces them on the NXT roster. Yeah, I could see that as well. And, and, Sabatelli and Riddick Moss. They could be another tag team in NXT, too. Push them. <laughs> Love Sabatelli and Ross, especially Sabatelli. The guy's going to be a future world champion, no doubt. No question in my mind. Ross not champion now. Vince, <laughs> Vince must not have seen him yet. I was going to say, Vince has not seen uh, Sabatelli yet. Otherwise, he'd be NXT champion in a matter of a day. Um, anyway, that being Eric said, uh, current anticipation level, RJ, for War Games on from 1 to 10. How, how much are you looking forward to War Games on Saturday? I'm like an 8 or 9. Like you said, all these NXT shows have been really, really good. Honestly, I think the worst one was one of the worst ones, the one that we went to in Orlando. I, I don't know if it was terrible. I just, I don't know. I wasn't really feeling the rude and knock more match. I love the tag team match. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think they've all been really, really good. 
Um, loved Brooklyn Three. Uh, I think what other, what other one was this year? Chicago was really Chicago. good too. Chicago was really good too. I forgot about that show. But yeah, and it's, I like San Antonio as well. So I think it's gonna be really. I think Survivor Series on paper is probably better. I think NXT will probably be the better show. That's what I feel like. I feel like NXT, I have more faith in them to deliver the better show. Just because I've never, I I cannot recall a single time, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I've never ended a takeover disappointed. Of like the 20 that we've had, I've never had a takeover and be like, wow, that was fucking stupid. Like, what a dumb booking decision. I don't think I've ever said that at the end of a takeover before. I, I know I haven't. So, if I haven't, you definitely haven't. Yeah, so that that's a good streak to have with NXT. Survivor Series, I can't say the same thing. I know you like Survivor Series, but we have not had like an overall great Survivor Series in at least five to ten years. So we'll see uh, we'll see how it shakes out. But speaking of Survivor Series, we got the pay-per-view this coming Sunday from Houston, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just double-check on that. Yeah, Houston, Texas from the Toyota Center. Uh, stacked card. Thankfully, they moved the Cruiserweight title match to the kickoff show. So it's a it's a non Raw versus SmackDown match. We'll get it out of the way real quick. Enzo Amore versus Kalisto. Who do you got going over RJ? Uh, I, I said in past I really don't care. Uh, but I'll go with Enzo. I guess I don't know. Hopefully, he feels like Cedric Alexander, or I guess from Stop Ali next. Some someone needs to beat him. Um, I hate Enzo, so hopefully he'll probably beat Kalisto. Um. But hopefully he faces one of those two guys I just mentioned and they beat him because I think Enzo's terrible. The ass-backwards booking makes no sense. Like, they have the Lumberjack match on Raw, which was actually kind of decent, and then they had a regular match at TLC, and now they're having another regular match at Survivor Series. It's like they peaked the feud way too early. Like, when the feud first started is is when they peaked it. Then beyond that, it's been fucking abysmal, and the entire division is dead. Like, there's no... There's no doubt about that. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary of 205 Live, and people could not care any less about it than they ever have before. So, whatever. But, yeah, I've got Enzo going over as well. It just I don't know who else could possibly care, but I've got Enzo going over. So, that being said, first Raw versus SmackDown match. Champion versus champion. None of these are for a championship. we got the Intercontinental Champion, The Miz, versus the United States Champion, Baron Corbin. Now, these two have been going back and forth on social media, and... You know, trading jabs on Raw and SmackDown and promos and whatever. But uh, I think the promos they've done on social media have been better than anything they've said on Raw or SmackDown. And Miz especially, as we've talked about many times before, has just stepped up his game to an entirely different level in the last year. And Baron Corbin can be good sometimes too. Um, I'm a Baron Corbin fan. He hasn't been lighting the world on uh, on fire recently in the matches with Sin Cara of all people. But um, this should be a good, you know, a decent match. Heel versus heel is kind of, it's tough. And when you have Miz and Baron Corbin on paper, does not really do much for me. But um, of the two, I mean, again, it doesn't matter. None of these matches matter. I'll just preface the entire predictions for Survivors and saying that none of the matches matter because Raw versus SmackDown is just a dead concept. Um, I will say Miz and Corbin. Of the two, I'll say Miz wins just because he's the better of the two, but it really doesn't matter. So of the two, RJ, who do you have going over, Miz or Baron Corbin? Um, I'll go with Miz. You know, I'll give Miz a little, a little jab. Um, honestly, since Baron Corbin got called up, I think they've underutilized the guy so much. I I can give two craps about the guy. Um, I know. I think you're like you like his. I think his new theme is fucking terrible. I, I love it. I, I love the new theme. I was gonna say. I think you're a huge fan. Of it. I think it's terrible. <laughs> the I original like the was good, though. I will say the original was really good. I don't know. Like, it just like. Just like I don't think it fits his character, like the whole like, like sadistic like preaching in the beginning, and then just goes like that. Bah, bah, bah. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> give me the motorcycle on the other week. Um, but yeah, I'll go with Miz. Like you said, I think he's done more for the Intercontinental Championship than the U.S. And uh, I think they might pull a plug and hold Baron Corbin as U.S. Championship soon. So I just have him lose. With Miz, so he's coming up, and I think, I think if he holds the belt for another month or two, he might surpass Pedro Morales or whoever holds the record as uh, most consecutive days as Intercontinental Champion. So he's held this belt for a while. He's already held the belt in his current reign for over five months. Um, he's beaten Jason Jordan, beaten Matt Hardy, beaten all these other guys. 
Who do you think is next for Miz to defend against after Survivor Series? He'll lose, but I think he'll face Strowman next. You think Strowman's the next Intercontinental Champion? Yes. Mm, okay, okay, I could see that. Do you think Strowman goes into WrestleMania as IC Champion? Don't want to book that far in advance, I'm not sure. <laughs> Don't want to jinx it. Don't want to jinx it. Hey, you got to get Strowman some gold. Like I said earlier in Hashtag, I mean, the guy is just fucking great. The fact that he's not had a championship in his 11, 15 months on the main roster is just mind-boggling to me. But, um, hey, if there's anyone worthy of a title run on Raw right now in the mid-card, it might as well be Braun Strowman, so I'll be fine with that. But um, I do think Miz goes over here. You agreed as well. Um, let's see uh-huh. here. SmackDown women's match, or Raw versus SmackDown women's match, the first one-on-one bout. We got the Raw women's champion, Alexa Bliss, versus the all-new SmackDown women's champion, Charlotte Flair. So before we get to the prediction, RJ, uh, what were your thoughts on Charlotte picking up the win on SmackDown this past Tuesday, becoming the new SmackDown women's champion? Was it a feel-good moment for you? Um, I was like... I don't know, I was mixed on it, because I was like, oh, my God, Charlotte champion again? So annoying. But I think it's better than Natty and Natalia. So I'll take that. That'll make the match better on Sunday. I'd rather see her. Charlotte versus Alexa than Natalia versus Alexa. I wouldn't really like feel good moments. She's been champion like a hundred million times. Like, fucking Christ. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd better for the match that she's champion. But give Becky a chance. Or fucking God. Like, Charlotte again? I'm like, give me a break. That's true. I mean, I did like the moment with Ric Flair coming off the documentary from the week before, and they were in our hometown, so it was it was fitting for them to change the title, and also makes the match a lot better, because Alexa and Natalya on paper, no one could give two shits about, so Alexa and Charlotte makes more sense. Um, it keeps Charlotte away from Asuka if they want to build to that at some point down the road, so that would, you know, help that out a bit. But, um, yeah, no, I, I like the moment. I, I do understand what you're saying. She hasn't held the championship in a while. It feels like it hasn't been long enough, but... Uh, I feel like she's been underutilized for the most part on SmackDown because they really haven't done too, too much with her because it's been all about Natalia and Naomi who are also good, but I don't know. They need to do more of the women on SmackDown. It's it's a far cry from what we had a year ago when we had like three different feuds in the women's division and now all it's all about the championship and people like Becky don't even get a chance. Like She's hardly on TV. The only time she's ever on TV is when she's feuding with James Ellsworth and that's it. So it, make, it makes no sense. But um, I am looking forward to this match, though. First time ever, I think, on the main roster, especially. And maybe they had a match in NXT. Alexa Bliss, Charlotte. So we had Raw taking the win in the opener. Um, who do you think walks out with a victory in this match, RJ? I want Alexa to win, but I think Charlotte's going to win. Um, I'd rather have Alexa win. I think she's probably the best thing that's been going in the women's division. I'm not, and Smack on last year. Um, she's been amazing since being called up. Pretty much a diamond in the rough. They didn't utilize it really at all in NXT, and then call her up, and she's been money sent. So I'd rather have her win, but and I think they'll have her lose, and they'll be like, "Oh, you have to defend against Oscar, and Oscar will beat her." I don't think she'll beat Charlotte. I was just about to say, yeah, I think Charlotte wins here after Raw takes the win in the Miz and Corbin match. Um, but yeah, I was just about to ask you, what do you think is next for Alexa Bliss and her challenger? Do you think we're going to get Asuka and Alexa on the uh, Royal Rumble pay-per-view when we're there in two months? Yes. And have her beat the champion, and then... I don't know where they go from there. I guess they could build to, like, Asuka and, and Sasha WrestleMania. I mean, like you said, it's kind of hard to... It's it's difficult to book this far in advance, but um, I do see Alexa losing the belt sooner rather than later, starting with a loss in the show as well, so we're going uh, two for two here. Next match in the card. Let me see the card here. So, we'll go with the tag team match. We got Cesaro and Sheamus, the Raw Tag Team Champions, versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos. Um, I know a lot of people were upset when the match got changed, when the Shield were taken out, but Cesaro and Sheamus, I mean, that show last year was abysmal. And Cesaro and Sheamus and the Usos had a really, really good finishing sequence in that tag team Raw and SmackDown match last year. So, I think this match is going to be great. I know it's two heel tag teams, but who fucking cares? Um, so, Cesaro, Sheamus, The Usos, RJ, who gets the upper advantage here? Uh, Raw or SmackDown? Gotta go with The Usos. Love the fucking Usos. Um, I don't know. I, just, I, like, I, I do like Charlotte, Cesaro, and Sheamus. I just, I don't know. I think The Usos, this heel run they've been on has been amazing. And I just don't want to see them lose. 
I'm going to go with uh, Usos. Yeah, the heel run these guys have been on has been absolute money. Um, that said, it seems like they've been teasing in recent weeks on SmackDown that they might be doing a double turn. Now, I didn't want to. I didn't think they were going in that direction, but based off what we've seen in recent weeks, it looks like they might be turning Usos babyface and turning Gable and Benjamin heel. Uh, do you think it's necessary, and are you in favor of the change? Um, I don't. I don't think it's necessary. No. And I don't know because I really do like like I do like the heel characters of the Usos. So I really don't want them changing that. I don't want them to double turn though. I, I like the way they are now. I know I don't want them to change that. Yeah, I, w- I think they're they're risking ruining the mystique of the Usos if they turn them babyface. I mean, I guess they could do the same shtick as as babyfaces without going back to the dumbass face paint and changing their music back, but. I don't know. I think they're just way better off as heels. They're uh, they're just so good in this role and just trash talking and just running down everyone they're in the ring with. And they're just why ruin that? Why change? You know why why fix them that's not broken? So I would keep them heel, but I guess we'll find out in the weeks ahead. But uh, you got the Usos. I'll say the Usos as well. Um, it really again none of these matches matter, but I'll say the Usos as well. Uh, before we move on to the elimination tag team matches and the main event, we got the Shield versus the New Day for the first time ever regular old six-man tag team match no elimination stipulation dean ambrose roman reigns and seth rollins against Big E, kofi kingston and xavier woods uh should be a really really good match the shield debuted at survivor series five years ago at this very pay-per-view so i think it's a fitting match to have at the show with the new day and the shield good use of both tag teams and i think it could be a sleeper match of the night i think it has a real good uh chance of stealing the show uh shield new day who do you got rj Give me the shield every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Um, <laughs> I just don't think that, I think they're not going to have the shield lose one. That's just begin with. And then, I don't know, I think it's not that the New Day's been like down or anything. I just don't, I don't see them on a the level as the shield. So I'm going to go with the shield. I got I to gotta go with the shield on this one. I mean, two great trios, but the shield just came back. Like, how do you have them lose like their second match back? It would make absolutely no sense. So you have to have them win here. Um, so I think S.H.I.E.L.D. goes over. Now, there's been a lot of talk in terms of what's next for S.H.I.E.L.D. beyond Survivor Series heading into WrestleMania. Like, do we get a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion heading into WrestleMania? Do they break up before then? Obviously, there's been a lot of talk of Roman branching off on his own. That's the whole reason why we're getting the S.H.I.E.L.D., to get people to cheer Roman Reigns. Does he win another Royal Rumble? God, I hope not, because if we're there, I'm walking out, but the show would be over anyway. Um, where do you think this is headed, RJ, with the S.H.I.E.L.D.? Do you think... We get some sort of a Roman Reigns main event push, or does Ambrose turn heel this time? Where is the what is the end game in all of this? Uh, I think it's all just get Roman Reigns cheered. Besides that, I have no idea what. Oh, I don't see. I have no idea what goes wrong from there. I think it's just them to get Roman cheered and then they can turn him the championship. I think that's all. I think that's what they're doing there. They're just trying to get Roman Reigns cheered. Hey, it's working. But I think that's how. They're just, I don't think they're gonna like break up, but like. I think they're just going their separate ways. They're not going like, to officially like, break up like someone turning on another person. I think they're just going to split them up like that and then those go on their own. At least with Ambrose and Rollins, I just... I don't know. Roman's going to be fine no matter what if they do a main event level. Another WrestleMania main event for him. But uh, Ambrose and Rollins in the tag team division I think has been great for the tag team division. I just don't want to see them break off for another feud, like another the same feud that we saw a couple of years ago. Like I feel like we've seen that a million times. So I hope that's not the case. It very well could be. Um, but at the very least, we just got to enjoy it for right now because the Shield's fucking awesome. I thought their six-man tag team match on Raw this week was really good. So no matter where this is going, it's fun for the meantime, and all three guys are benefiting from it. So I got Shield going over as well. Um, the first elimination tag team match with the women. It's Team Raw, led by Alicia Fox, including Nia Jax, Asuka, Sasha Banks, and Bayley. Against Team SmackDown, captained by Captain B, otherwise known as Becky Lynch, Carmella, Naomi, Tamina, and a member to be announced. So like I said, it might be Natalia. It could be Lana. She's serving as a manager for the match. We don't quite know yet. So before we get to the actual match prediction, RJ, who do you think will fill in for uh, Charlotte now that she's the new SmackDown Women's Champion? Um, like I said, I think it'd be cool if they like Kane Royce, one of them, but it probably will be uh, Paige. But wasn't she like on Raw? But I guess it doesn't really matter because 
So Paige, you got you have uh, replacing Charlotte here. I would have Paige. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think Paige. I, I don't. I'm looking forward to seeing Paige back. I mean, Peyton Royce would be cool, but we haven't seen Paige in a while. So at least having her on SmackDown, like you said, she was supposed to be a part of Raw, but LOL brand split, so whatever. But uh, yeah, and no, I think Paige would be a good addition in the match. Otherwise, this is a freaking this is a, a no brainer. Like on one, I mean, Alicia Fox is a loser, but you have Oscar, Sasha Banks, and Bailey on one team, and then Becky Lynch is great. I mean, Carmella and Naomi are pretty good, but they're not on the level as the other women. Tamina sucks, and Natalia is just, who cares? So they gotta have Paige come back here. Otherwise, they would have said Natalia's in the match, but they didn't say that, so I would assume that um, Paige will be filling in. So, if so, you got a lot of combustible elements in this match. If Paige is back and you have Asuka on the other team, it kind of makes it hard for one team to go over the other decisively. Um, but who do you think go over? Who do you think go over here, RJ, between Raw and SmackDown? And who do you think will be the sole survivors for their respective team? Um, I think it's gonna be Raw. Um, I, I think it's gonna be. I think Oscar's gonna be the. It'd be Oscar. I think it's gonna be just her. Um, I could see them having like three on one, like Becky, Paige, and fuck, I don't know. Is Carmella on their team? Yep. So that would down like Becky Page and Carmella versus Oscar, and she just takes them all out. Oscar and Becky could be a really good match down the road. And then that would just then they'd be like, "You were sole survivor. You helped us win. You get a championship match." And then she beats Alexa. I could see that. I could see that. I think Oscar and Becky down the road would be a really good match if they transfer Becky over to Raw next year or something. So I guess we'll see. But uh, yeah, no, I think you have to have you have to have Raw win here with Oscar on team on team Red. I mean. I guess you could ever count it out. Like last year, last year's women's match, I was watching it back recently. I reviewed it for WrestleRant. Naomi got counted out, and yet they had Nia Jax, who was undefeated, who had been undefeated since she had showed up on the main roster, got tapped out by Becky Lynch in a matter of seconds. So it was a really oddly booked match. Good. Um, so I don't think they'll do that with Asuka, per se, but I do think she is the sole survivor for her team, and she lastly eliminates Becky Lynch, I would assume. Uh, and that could be, I, I I would think Asuka and Becky Lynch going back and forth for a couple minutes could be really, really good. So I'm looking forward to that alone, um, if not Paige being back as well. So we go forward to the other traditional 5-on-5 Survivor Series in elimination tag team match. Raw and SmackDown. Team Raw, we got Kurt Angle. The monster among men, Braun Strowman. Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Triple H. And on SmackDown, we got Shane McMahon, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, and John. Cena, probably one of, if not the most star-studded Survivor Series Elimination Tag Team match we have had in years, if not ever. Uh, this is a loaded, loaded match. I would not replace anyone in this match for anyone else because this has a lot of uh, lot of big names. 50 world titles in WWE between these men, and probably many more if you count TNA with Rude and, uh, and uh, Samoa Joe and the others as well. But at any rate, uh, you got a lot of great athletes in the match. And uh, Raw did lose last year, so I was thinking Raw wins here. But based off my other predictions, I think SmackDown takes it. Um, it's just hard to say who wins. I mean, you could have Jason Jordan cost Raw the win. You could have Owens and Zayn interfere and cost SmackDown the win. There's a lot of things you can do here. There is also the angle that if Kurt loses, if Team Raw loses, he will be fired as Raw GM. There's a lot of things at stake here, so I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. Because Stephanie did say last year that the entire Team Raw would be fired if they lost. And they lost, and they weren't fired, so who the fuck knows. Um, I do think SmackDown goes 2-0 over Raw, though. Because I don't know how you have Raw dominate the other matches and not have SmackDown win here. So, if that's the case, I could see... I feel like Nakamura would not be one of the last ones there. I think he should be. I don't know if he will. I don't know if he will. Um, Orton and Nakamura would be cool, because they've had a alliance recently. So, Orton and Nakamura as the sole survivors would be nice, but... Uh, regardless, who do you think wins here, RJ? And who do you think will be the sole survivors for their team? Um, I'm going to say Raw is going to win. Um, I'll say Strowman and uh, Strowman and Triple H? Nope, not Triple H, Strowman. Just Strowman straight up. <laughs> Wasn't he like one of the first ones gone last year? 
bullshit. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. I just want to throw that in your face. But I, I do think he, if he's not going to win for his team, I do think he's going to be the last ones. He's not going to, uh, I guess you could get pinned. He's not like he's undefeated or anything, but I don't know if they want to do that. He just turned babyface. He's he's red hot right now. I don't know why you would have him get pinned. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think SmackDown wins, but either way, you got a loaded match. Uh, which, I mean, we talked about this in hashtag, but would you replace anyone in this match, RJ, for anyone else? I, I wouldn't. I think I'd keep it the same way it is now. Yeah, it's, it's loaded. So the, the potential dream matches we could see here with Balor and Cena, you got Bobby Roode and John Cena on the same team, Triple H and Bobby Roode, Kurt Angle and Nakamura. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of potential matchups here, so it should be a great match. And I did do that second to last because I do think Styles and Brock is going to main event. Um, but before we get to the main event prediction, RJ, who do you think main events the show? Raw and SmackDown, the men's match, or Brock and AJ? Uh... I think they do the five and five main event. It's been built more. Like Styles and Lesnar had one week of a build. Um, I'd go with the five and five as the main event. Yeah, it does have better build. I mean, AJ and Brock was just confirmed for the card a month ago, or not a month ago, a week ago. So they don't really have too much uh, hype behind them. The match is still going to be great regardless. But um, I guess we'll see which one goes over. You can't really go wrong with either one closing out the show. And then you have Brock Lesnar and AJ Styles, the Universal Champion versus the WWE Champion. First time ever, probably only time ever. Uh, I think it's a no-brainer. Brock goes over here. I mean, I guess I guess you could have AJ win, but I do think Brock wins and uh, picks up his first Survivor Series victory in the process. Uh, RJ, do you think Lesnar wins his first Survivor Series match ever against Styles, or do you think Styles scores the upset victory? Give me Styles. Really? Uh, wow. Bold prediction, Mr. Yeah. Marceau. Gotta go with some bold predictions. I don't know. I just it's not like Ledger's lost, so it's not like No, yeah, it's not like his first loss in five years. Yeah. Just a Goldberg and all people, but I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I I just I just don't know like why would they change it? Like just keep a gender if they're gonna have Lesnar win. Like just have him beat Jinder's ass. Like I don't know. Like if if they had if anything I would just have them if he was gonna win, have him face gender and then have Styles instead of Shane, and that match would be even better. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have Styles and this, I don't know, shock factor. Interesting, interesting. I mean, I guess they could go that route, but Goldberg was the only one who's beaten him in the last number of years, so I, 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 very, I, I would find it very hard to believe that they have an AJ win, but I, I guess you never know. I mean, they had AJ win the belt and fucking smacked on of all things, so anything can happen, I suppose. Um, how much are you looking forward to the match from an in-ring standpoint? Oh, I think it's. It should, AJ should be able to carry him to a good match. Um, I think it'll be good though. I think it's worth the hype. I think it'll be a good match. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think it'll be a good match. What if Better they? Than uh, Jinder and Brock. Better than Jinder and Brock. I know. That. I was looking forward to that. That would have been a five star classic. Oh my god, that match would be. What GSM says, the drizzling shit. <laughs> Easily. Uh, what if they did a repeat of last year? Instead of Brock getting squashed in 90 seconds, he squashes AJ in 90 seconds. What about that? Oh, my God. That's <laughs> fucking... Matt, that would literally be pointless. You know, now the that you... The champion losing 30 seconds would be terrible. Yeah, that would just solidify SmackDown as the B-Show without a doubt. Regardless of how many other... Ma- they could win every other match in the show... But if AJ got squashed by Brock, that would solidify SmackDown as the B-Show no matter what. Like, there's no question about it. No, it would be the C-Show. It would be Bolo NXT. <laughs> Which you could already argue that it is, because NXT, like you said, has been undoubtedly the best brand between Raw, SmackDown, and NXT all year. But that's neither here nor there. You mentioned it right there with SmackDown. Um, this kind of I thought of this last night, but with AJ as the new WWE Champion... And I know you're not the biggest fan of Charlotte winning back the belt for the millionth time, but it seems like they're finally getting back in the right direction. Like, Jinder was a big reason why that show sucked for so long. Um, but I thought the show last night was really, really good. Now, Baron Corbin has not been the best booked, um, but I do think he's a good fit for the United States title right now. And uh, Charlotte as well as the women's champion. The Usos are obviously killing it, uh, killing it as tag team champions. Do you think SmackDown's on the rebound heading into 2018? Oh, I think, like you said, I think with 
Charlotte, and then AJ started to get momentum. I don't think anyone cared that Natalia was champion, as well as Jinder. Um, I'd probably rather have like Zayn or Owens as United States champion. I'm, I really have not. I don't think he's been booked right, but I just don't think. Uh, I don't think he's. He just not. I don't think he'll be. I've thought more about Corbin. I just don't think he'll be really a big money guy for the company. Uh, I just. Uh, I think I think they'd be well off with Owens or Zane, um, especially Zane. I think Owens is higher than that. But um, yeah, Charlotte's champion's good. I mean, I'd rather Becky or Carmella or pretty much anyone. I think anyone other than Natalia would be better. Um, but I think they did. It's starting to go back up. But with Jinder's champion, I don't think anyone really cared about the show. And I don't blame them. Anyone but Natalia or Tamina. Or Lana, yeah. Or Lana, Lana as well. That was an abysmal push that lasted a cup of coffee. Did, have you been watching Total Divas, by the way? I have. It's been really good so far. <laughs> I want to get your thoughts. What have you been your thoughts on Lana crying that her push is already over? Oh my gosh, she's terrible. Anyways, <laughs> what if I, like Nikki Bella tries to tell her that she's good? Like, no, you're terrible. Like, I don't care. Like, you're shit. Almighty. <laughs> Hold on, Maurice and Alexa Bliss stuff. I'm like, oh my god, honey, get over yourself. I know. Yeah, like, like, oh, and then like Maurice crying because Nia Jax after she was ever in a gauntlet match. I'm like, holy shit. Oh my god, I was gonna bring that up to you. How ridiculous was that? Nia Jax was like, have you ever been in a gauntlet before? And Maurice is like, how have you not followed my career? I've been in a million gauntlet matches. She actually never said whether she's been in a gauntlet match or not. And I honestly do I not think, care. to my memory, I don't think Maurice has ever been in a gauntlet match. She was just offended that Nia Jax has not followed her. 10-year career, which has lasted only three years, her in the ring before she fucking left the company 10 years ago or whatever it was, but it was so yeah, stupid. That, that was just, I think that was such, just such her show, like, yeah. freaking out, like, she made it seem like she was like, oh, you never, like, she just asked her a simple question, she freaked out. Like, I can <laughs> see her being like, that kind of bitchy, she just seems like a fucking bitch. Yeah. Oh, she... God almighty. It wasn't like she was demeaned or anything, she just asked a simple question, like, oh, have you ever been in one? And she's like, oh my god, like, I was on, like, she, she, I don't think she's ever had a no-ball match to begin with. Like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> she's like, I've been in... You fucking bull. Like, you're decent, but you didn't start shit. Yeah, that was so funny. Miss is like, you started the women's revolution. It's like, what? You left before we got all the good women, and you were awful to begin with. Marie, I love Maurice. Don't get me wrong. She's hot as hell, but she didn't start shit. She was... She was the reason why the women's revolution went backwards with the fucking awful matches that we were getting in like 09 and 2010 and the fact that they were never on TV and you had a, you brought in all the big boob bimbos and shit, you know, for so long. That was the reason why I went backwards. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It's that, so true, though, but yeah. Oh, like, you can fall like you yeah, it's like you could have followed on the WWE Network. Like, what? You versus Alicia Fox from Superstars in 2009? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, God. That and the oh, fact she was she stuff. came across as a bitch to me. I mean, she's always been a bitch, but she came across as a bitch to me on that episode. And then it was even worse on the second episode when she was like, oh, Alexa, you, you dress like a bum. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, you need to dress this way. It's like, she looked fine the way she was. It was so stupid. I mean, obviously for the show, I just thought it was so dumb, though. And then Mark Carano's a fucking stiff. I fucking <laughs> hate that guy. I'd love to fucking beat the tar out of that guy. <laughs> Put him in a locker. Oh, my God. That guy's unbearable. Like, it's true. Like, Marisa says she's coming out of a GQ magazine. Like, dude, you're a fucking stiff asshole. Get the hell out of there. <laughs> He's such that an idiot. A- God, I that hate guy's it. a fucking biggest yes man I've ever seen in my life. That was <laughs> fucking God. Fits right in with that company. That was awful. Fucking, oh my god, I can't stand him. Mark Garano, he, de- he deserves to be stuffed dude. in a trash can. He does. He's such a dang. <laughs> Oh, shit. What about, uh, last thing on, on Total Divas before we get to back to Survivor Series real quick? Uh, I, I don't know about what your thoughts on this one. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to know more about her tonight. But they introduced Carmella on Episode 2, but then, after that, they didn't talk about her at all. They talked about Big Cash for, like, two seconds, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. They haven't really, I don't know, they're kind of like, I guess they're kind of, like, slowly pushing her in. Oh, they focus on way too much, I still think they have way too much focus on the Bellas. Like, they have their own fucking show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And no one cares about Lana. Like, I don't want to see Lana cry again. Like, show me more Rusev. <laughs> yeah, where's Rusev? I'd rather have, I'd rather have 
Larsa in the show than Lana. Lana does nothing for me. She's so like, obnoxious. You're cool, but your your career sucked and your wife sucked. Like, give me Russo. <laughs> It was so funny. I almost died laughing. We're at the end at the end of uh, episode two. She just finished the match with Naomi on SmackDown. She's like, I'm going to get a lot better. I'm going to improve. Fuck the haters. You know, I'm better than that. I'm getting a lot better. I thought that performance was great. And then Mark Carano pulls her aside and like, hey, we're going to pull the plug in your entire push. You're not training anymore. You're done. I was so... <laughs> And then she just starts crying. Like I said, she calls Nikki Bell. She's like, he called me. He said I was awful. My push is over. And she's like, don't give up. It's like, lady, your career's over, obviously. She hasn't, she hasn't wrestled the match in like six months, which means that she, she's not even on the fucking team. She's not even on Team SmackDown, which says it all right there. Yeah, she's terrible. Why did they ever break up her and Rusev? That was such a waste. I think they just they thought, I, I can see why, because she's so over, but she's just not a good wrestler. At all. I didn't even get over the fact that, like, people don't care if they're good-looking. Like, the girls now are good enough looking and they're good enough wrestling. Like, like you said, we don't need the big, good, blonde bimbo anymore. Like, <laughs> we want good wrestling. Just abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. Yeah, she is terrible. Oh, God. There was one thing left from that episode, too, I forgot about. Uh, Yeah, Brie Bella was on the show with Birdie Joe and... Oh, God. How bad is Natalia? She's having Naomi do all the work. How on that show? I don't understand that. Why? What is the appeal of Natalia? Like, get rid of... Like, I'd rather her... She shouldn't be on the show. Give me Renee Young back. Fucking Natty is awful. Her dad is fucking... Like, we get your dad's a loser. The sister's a loser. Both families... Oh, my God. The only good <laughs> thing about it is her family's a train wreck. Besides that, I could give two shits about it. <laughs> yeah. Like her climbing, like climbing the ladder in the house. Like that should be good. Yeah. Oh god, so funny. I'd rather have more of uh, TJ of Tyson Kidd and like you said, Rusev too. Love the first episode of season seven when you see Lana training in the ring and Rusev's like, "You suck. You're awful. That was terrible." He's like <laughs> standing right there. She's like, "Why isn't he supporting me?" It's like because you're awful. It's like you've never even stepped in a ring before. Obviously, you need more work. You fucking bimbo. Give me more Jimmy Uso, too. Jimmy Uso is amazing. That first episode of him, he's like, yeah, I want to have sex in the top of the lighthouse. She's like, get away from me. And he's so horny all the time. <laughs> oh, God. Jimmy oh, Uso is a gem. Stuff. So funny. Uh, Survivor Series, real quick. We'll go back there before we wrap it up. Uh, current anticipation level, 0 to 10. How much are you looking forward to Survivor Series, Mr. Marceau, compared to a month ago? Um, I feel like... And eight. I'd say the same thing. I'd, I'd say I'm as excited as I, as I am for war games, which I would usually never say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say an eight. An eight. Yeah, I'll say the same thing as well. It looks like it's, it has a lot more potential than other installments of Survivor Series. So here's hoping it delivers. Uh, real quick, before we sign off, someone just tweeted me on Twitter. We got some breaking news here on WrestleRant Radio. This should uh, come as a <laughs> as very good news to you, Mr. Marceau, as well as me. WWE breaking news. They have come to the terms on the release of a certain superstar. Any guesses on who it might be? Uh, superstar. Hopefully our truth. I don't know. <laughs> James Ellsworth, gone from WWE. Thank God. You're terrible. <laughs> I'd rather have, honestly, I think I'd rather have our truth gone, but James Ellsworth is like, I don't understand what they saw in the guy. But. He was popular for like two seconds. Remember when they said that his shirt was like selling out in WWE shop? It's like, what are you talking about? I've never seen anyone wear a single James Ellsworth shirt. That was ridiculous. Yeah, because he had he got popular for one night in a match with AJ Styles, and that was it. That was outselling Goldberg. <laughs> he was outselling. Yeah, remember that report that said they were outselling that he was outselling Goldberg? Like, yeah, let's push him to the moon. Let's time to do a one-year deal, and then they're like a week later, like, wow, I regret that because we have no idea what to do with the guy. Wow, what a waste. So that that comes as good news. What'd you I say? That is a bigger draw than Hulk Hogan. <laughs> that is a bigger draw than Hulk Hogan. Hate to see anyone out of a job, Mr. Marso. Mr. Marso knows that. Hate to see anyone out of a job, but he was a waste of a roster spot. I literally just said the other day that. They fired Austin Aries because they had nothing for them. They had nothing for him. I, Emma too, but they still had James Ellsworth on the roster. That was a crime. That was just a crime. That was awful. Um, but at any rate, before we sign off, Mr. Marceau, where can the people find you on the social medias? At RJ underscore Marceau on the Twitter machine. Follow him there. He's got a lot of great banter, a lot of great tweets. 
for Mr. Marceau. We are coming to you live on his birthday, so happy Mar- happy birthday, Mr. Marceau. Thanks, GSM. Any big plans for the day? Oh, gotta got go to work. <laughs> gotta go to work before we head to the Royal Rumble in just two more months. Sure, we'll have you right back here on the show on the Tuesday before the pay-per-view, because not only are we going to be there, but I'm hoping to have you on on the WrestleRant radios before the Big Four pay-per-view. So I'll talk to you in another two and a half months, my friend. Sounds good. All right, Mr. Marceau. Thanks for joining me here on the show, and I'll catch your ass down the road. Take care, dear son. All that being said, folks, thank you for joining us here on WrestleRant Radio today. Stay tuned until next Thursday for another all-new episode of the show. Next Thursday, we're breaking down Survivor Series and War Games with myself and David Joseph, who was on the show earlier this year, so looking forward to that. In the meantime, in the between time now, if you haven't already, not only check out the show on NextAirWrestling.net, the original home of WrestleRant Radio, but on iTunes as well. Subscribe to the show there by simply searching up WrestleRant Radio on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever is easiest for you. It is now easier than ever to check out WrestleRant Radio and listen on the regular. So subscribe on iTunes. You not only get every new episode on Thursdays, but every past archived episode as well, dating back to October of 2013. It's a steal of a deal, and it's completely free for you guys. So, again, thank you for supporting the show. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews. Have an awesome weekend, folks. We'll catch you right back here next Thursday for a special Thanksgiving episode of WrestleRant Radio, and I'll catch your ass down the road.